want to remind everybody that we're having a special prayer meetings all month long on Sunday morning at 9.30. We're calling it praying the same thing and saying the same thing. Praise the Lord. And the only Sunday morning we're not going to be doing that is the 18th of, uh, of March. And so we're seeking the Lord. We're just declaring things over the church. Amen. Very good. Praise God. So, Father, tonight as we approach the Word of God, we approach it with a sense of awe a sense of honor. We thank you, Lord God, for the utterance to be given tonight. We thank you that you've given utterance tonight already. And we just continue to believe God for ongoing utterance in this service tonight. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. How many of you know that God is visiting his people? Amen. You know, Jesus was very grieved about a certain group of people that missed their day of visitation. And uh, I remember hearing a message many, many years ago by my spiritual father, and the thought of it was missed opportunities bring regret. Missed opportunities bring regret. And so not every, not every opportunity stays around. You've got to seize the opportunities and know the season, right? Because we don't want to have regret in our lives, right? And so uh, just meditate on that for a moment. Ephesians chapter 1, we're doing, a, we're doing a series called Praying in the New Year. How many of you have been praying the Ephesians prayers for yourself and for others? Well, that's great. Um, basically, uh, in verse 17 of Ephesians 1, and I'll be reading from the Amplified, it says, For I always pray to the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory. I thank God that He's the Father of glory. That He may grant you a spirit of wisdom and revelation, of insight into mysteries and secrets, in the deep and intimate knowledge of Him. I believe that God wants to bring His people into intimacy. Amen? Because He has things to say to us. Amen? Now, how many of you have ever whispered in somebody's ear something that you wanted them to hear? Well, in order to hear what was being whispered in your ear, there had to be kind of a leaning over. You ever done that? A leaning over. And so it is spiritually. I believe the whispers of God are coming to our spirit. And I believe that He wants to say some things to all of us in detail about areas of our life. But what we've got to do is lean in and have an ear to hear. And just like the person leans in to hear the whisper, we must come close to God and draw near to Him. And as a result, He will draw near to us. That's a very, very powerful truth. Say it with me. I will draw near to God, and He will draw near to me. And so that has to do with intimacy. And Paul is praying about this intimacy for the church in Ephesus. In verse 18 it says, By having the eyes of your heart that your spirit flooded with light, so that you can know and understand basically three things, the hope to which he has called you. How many of you know that there's a hope that he's called us all, all of us to? And I think the biggest hope is this, Christ in us, the expectation of glory. 
that Christ would so have first place in our life, that we would so fall in love with Him, amen, that we just expect His glory to be in manifestation every day of our life. Amen? And then we've been talking about and how rich His glorious inheritance in the saints, His set-apart ones. And, of course, you could spend months and months talking about your inheritance because we are, in fact, heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. But I'm going to move on to the next portion of the third thing. And so that, verse 19, you can know and understand what is the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of His power in us and for us when we believe. And this power has been demonstrated in the working of His mighty strength. Verse 20, which He exerted in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and seated Him at His own right hand in the heavenly places, not just a little bit above, but far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named above every title that can be confirmed. Then he goes on to say, guys, it's not only in this age and in this world, but the exceeding greatness of his power is also in the age and in the world which is to come. When God raised Jesus from the dead... Jesus didn't just overcome rigor mortis. He did not just overcome decay of his body. That is a problem. But that's not all that he overcame. When Jesus was raised from the dead, God released enough power to undo everything Satan had done in Adam. When God raised Jesus from the dead, the power of God was released to destroy, to loose, to dissolve sickness and disease. Power to break the curse of the law. Power to make you and I brand new creations in Christ Jesus. Power to raise us up and to make us sit together with Him as sons of the living God as ambassadors of the Most High, with a purpose and with a word for this world. In 1 John chapter... Thank God you've got a word. I've got a word. Just open your mouth and speak the word. Open your mouth and pray the word. Say the word. Speak the word. Praise the word. Rejoice in the word. And the power of the Lord shall be in manifestation. In 1 John chapter 3 and verse 8, it states this, that he who sins is of the devil, for the devil sinned from the beginning, but for this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil where you and I are concerned. I'm telling you, there was an explosion in the regions of the damned that day. God did not just see Jesus raised, but He saw you and me and all captives that would ever call upon the name of the Lord. He saw the captives being set free and be called sons and daughters of Almighty God. Paul couldn't find words great enough 
to describe this glorious event that took place. And so, in verse 19, it states that this power that was released on that glorious resurrection morning, he said it's immeasurable, unlimited, and surpassing. Of course, Paul didn't say that, but that's what he was trying to say. Immeasurable. Immeasurable means unlimited. Anybody ever been to a buffet that you could have unlimited, copious amounts of plates, as many as you want? Pile it high and deep, please. We'll fast later. We'll exercise tomorrow, but give me another slice of that prime rib. Give me another mama burger, George. I need another one of those. It is surpassing. It's to excel, to be superior. It's to go beyond the limit or capacity. I just dropped by to tell you tonight that our God is a too much God. He's a too much God, even when it comes to power. This power is toward you and I who believe it surpasses, it supersedes any other force or any other power. Occult power can't touch this power. Drug power can't touch this power. Terrorism power can't touch this power. Jesus said, Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Say it with me real strong. And nothing shall by any means, nothing's going to hurt me. Paul had a revelation of this mighty power of God. I'm praying for a greater revelation. I'm praying for a greater revelation for you. I'm praying the eyes of our understanding to be so flooded with light that there's not room for anything else. One encounter with this power knocked the S out of Paul's name and replaced it with a P. He was Saul of Tarsus. Now he's Paul, the apostle, a man of faith and power. Woo! Glory to God. Once a man who persecuted the church, now a man who proclaims the power of God and has faith in his glory. Hallelujah. If it can knock the S out of Paul's name and uh, Saul's name and put a P in it, the power of God can knock anything out of your life that needs to be knocked out. It can be a technical knockout. It can be a down for the count ten. It doesn't matter. Don't let anything in your life stay that the power of God will not remove. Paul doesn't want us to just look at that power for Jesus only. But he's saying that this power is at work within every believer. This may not be preached in your traditional churches. And I'm not trying to 
to condescend to traditional churches, but the power of God must be preached. If the power of God is never preached, the power of God will never be activated. And if the power of God is never activated, people will never be healed. They'll never be set free from demons. We want the full gospel, the power of God. Paul said, I didn't come with enticing words of man's wisdom. But I came in demonstration of the Spirit of God and of the power of God that your faith not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. In order for Paul to come that way, he had to have been impacted by the power. And he was. In verse 20 and in verse 21, it says, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named, above every title that can be confirmed. There ain't no name greater than the power of God and greater than the name above every name. In verse 22 and 23, it says, and he put all things under his feet. Well, we know He's the head, but we're the body. And guess what? The feet are in the body. When the head was raised, the body was raised. And He says, I have placed my power in you, and as a result, all things are under your feet. He's put lack under your feet. He's put depression under your feet. He's put confusion under your feet. Don't sit there all day long and let the enemy just bring thoughts and thoughts and thoughts of confusion and depression. Open your mouth and declare the word of the Lord. Don't let fear just sit there and talk to you all day. Open your mouth. You cannot overcome the enemy by having an inside conversation with the enemy. You must open your mouth. Let the redeemed of the Lord... Come on, somebody. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. He's put all things under His feet and has appointed Him the universal and supreme head of the church, a headship exercised throughout the church, which is His body, the fullness of Him who fills all and all for us in that body lives the full measure of Him. Say with me, I'm part of the body of Christ. And as part of the body of Christ, I have the fullest measure of Him. It goes on to say, who makes everything complete and who fills everything everywhere with Himself. And so this glorious power, which is to us who believe, it is in the corporate body of Christ. But this power also lives in individual members. You see, Paul had an understanding of this. He knew the immeasurable. He knew the unlimited. He knew the surpassing greatness of his power. Possibly no believer ever faced more opposition than the Apostle Paul. You think you may be facing some stuff? You think you may be going through stuff? 
I think we're Ned and the first reader compared to what Paul faced. And I think he's a great example for us to follow. One of the things that the Apostle Paul said, he said, look, none of these things are going to move me. The same one said, for we walk by faith and not by sight. Why would he say that? Because he had plenty of opportunity to walk by sight. No one says that unless they have not had the opportunity, have had, had the opportunity to walk by sight. Every morning when you wake up, you have a choice to make. You can walk in the light, or you can walk by sight. As for me and my house, and I'm persuaded of you, we're going to walk in the light. We're going to walk by faith and not by sight. You see, most men would have collapsed under the pressure and the physical strain that he faced. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, and we're not going to look at the verse, because I don't have a long word tonight, but I have a powerful word. Here's the list of some of the things that Paul said. He said, I've been in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils by my own countrymen. Perils is trouble. He said, I've been in perils in the city. I've been in perils in the wilderness. And I have been perils in the sea. Remember, he was shipwrecked at one time. But nothing could stop that man of God from making it to Rome. He didn't make it to Rome in his own strength. He made it to Rome in the power of God. He said, I was shipwrecked four times. He said, I was in prison often. Paul was in prison so much that he possibly lost count. He says, one time I was stoned, and it wasn't by medical marijuana. Three times I was beaten with rods. And he said, five times I was beaten with 39 stripes by the Jews. He said, scholars believe, scholars do believe, that one beating with 39 stripes would kill most men. There's not an apostle in the history of the word of the Lord that we know of that had the kind of adversity that he had. Yet, in the middle of it, in the middle of it, in the middle of it, he said, in all these things... I am more than a conqueror because I've got faith in the power of God and I know that my good Father loves me. I'm more than a conqueror through Him that loved me. Hallelujah. In the middle of all that, He was the most productive Christian that ever lived. He preached the gospel to the known world of His day. He established many churches. Paul wrote half of the New Testament, and he wrote a lot of it from his prison cell. 
When Brenda and I were in Rome, we saw the Apostle Paul's prison cell. It was not a pretty sight. It wasn't even remotely as good as the Motel 6. And if you know anything about the Motel 6, avoid it if you can. He wrote the book of Ephesians looking at a Roman soldier. He wrote the book of Ephesians by looking at the armor the Roman soldier had on. And the Spirit of the Lord spoke to him about the armor of God. Here's what the Apostle Paul said. In Ephesians 6.10, he said, Finally, my brethren, this is his message to the church at Ephesus after he had talked about the wealth of the believer. In Ephesians chapter 1, right on through chapter 3. He talked about the walk of the believer. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, he told them to walk worthy of the vocation wherewith they had been called. And then he talked to them about the warfare of the believer. And then he says, finally, brethren, be strong. Be strong. Where? In the Lord. And in what? Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Look at this in the Amplified. Can we read this together? This is Bible study tonight. Let's read it together, please. In conclusion, be strong in the Lord. Be empowered through your union with Him. Draw your strength from Him. That strength which His boundless might provides. You know, that would be something that we could say every day. You know, instead of waking up on Thursday morning and say, Oh, it's nasty out. Why not wake up tomorrow morning and say, you know what? This is the day that the Lord has made. And I don't care how I feel. I don't care how things look. But I'm going to get myself on a hallelujah hallway. And I'm going to run. I'm going to dance. I'm going to shout. Because this is the day He has made. Some of you have got some hallways just waiting for you to run down. Some of you got some living rooms. You need to get your nose on the carpet and just worship God. Hallelujah. But it would profit us if we woke up every day and said, you know what, today I'm strong in the Lord. And I am being empowered this morning. Because I have a divine union with Him. Because I draw near to Him, and I have union with Him, I'm going to draw my strength from His mighty power today. And there's nothing that I will face today that His glory and His power and His grace will not see me through. Raise your hands and say, Thank you, Lord. I'm strong. I'm strong 
I am strong in the Lord. Let me ask you a question. Do you have to feel strong to say you're strong? No. Most of the time you don't feel strong. But how you get strong is start declaring it. There is a supernatural infusion of glory, of strength, of might, of power at work in your inner man. Say it with me. I have His power in me. I have His power on me. And here's the good news. There is no power shortage. Anybody ever experienced a power shortage? Where the storm came and knocked out your power? We experienced that way back in, I believe, in 1984 when we had church at Marina High School. We had a great, big, huge conference planned, and there was a power outage. But we didn't let any power outage stop us. We went outside in the month of January, and we had revival on the front lawn. You remember that, P.T. and Nance? And you know what? The Lord sent us 72-degree weather in January so we could have chotch outside. I know Brenda grew up in, in Tornado Alley. And down in Oklahoma, they have, like Pastor Hagen calls them, tornadoes. They don't call them hurricanes down there. They call them hurricanes. But Brenda talks about the times where they would have a power outage and maybe a tornado was on its way and they would go into the cellar. Or there was a complete power outage and she lived on a farm, a very humble, humble farm home in Pawnee in Skeety, Oklahoma. And they would light their kerosene lanterns. And they would light their candles. And her daddy and her brothers would gather around until the power came back on. If you've experienced a power shortage, it's a good idea to have some candles. It's a good idea to have some flashlights and maybe even a generator. But here's the good news. There's never been a storm in your life. There never will be a storm in your life that will cause a blackout in heaven. Come on, somebody. Your test and your trial will not make the lights flicker in glory. You'll never hear the Father say to Jesus, get the generators ready. That group down at Heart of the Bay, they're making a huge demand on the power. It might go dark for a while. We might have to wait till we reboot. No, uh-uh. There's no power shortage. As a matter of fact, power is everywhere present. It's just waiting and looking for someone to recognize it, 
to activate it and to cooperate with it. It'll not only heal your body, but I'll tell you what also this power will do. It'll restore your soul. It'll keep you from going nuts. I once was very severely challenged mentally from all the drugs I did. But when I received Jesus, the word of His power restored my soul. I don't know what my IQ was back there then. It wasn't very high. But I tell you right now, God will make you a genius. He'll make you quick. He'll make you bright. He'll make you sharp. He'll even improve your looks. And for some of us, that's really good news. <laughs> well, I didn't come to church to be insulted. We're not insulting you. We're just trying to have a little fun tonight. Is it all right? He will restore your soul. He can take depression right out of a soul. He'll quicken you. In Ephesians, the third chapter, the 16th verse, and we don't have time to finish this tonight, but did you get anything tonight? Did you get anything out of this message? Here's my prayer for you and my prayer for myself. The Amplified says this, May He grant you out of the rich treasury of His glory to be strengthened and reinforced with mighty power in the inner man by the Holy Spirit Himself indwelling your innermost being and personality. So where does this strength come from? It comes from the rich treasury of His glory. Where is this strength residing? It's residing in the inner man. You know, people spend a lot of money and a lot of time working on the outer man. They work out. They spend thousands of dollars on food and vitamins and their hair and their face and clothes and cars and stuff. And I'm for anything that helps, believe me. But listen carefully. The inner man... The inner man is never satisfied or strengthened by natural things. The inner man is strengthened and reinforced by the riches of his glory. You see, it's the strong spirit of a man that will sustain his infirmity. When your inner man is strong, and when it's reinforced with this power that we're talking about, the devil cannot dominate you. Sin cannot dominate you. Old habits can't dominate you. Low self-esteem can't dominate you. A weak, sad, depressed, down attitude can no longer dominate a man or a woman who knows the exceeding riches of His glory lives on the inside. 
It'll change your personality. You don't have to be stuck with the personality that you have if you want to change. Let His Holy Spirit indwell you and change your personality from the inside out. Stand up and let's pray this prayer as we go home tonight. And we're going to open up the altar for prayer if you need prayer. Let's put Ephesians chapter 1 up, verses 17 through 23. And I want you to personalize this. I exhort you to pray this prayer for yourself daily. You'll see some things you've never seen before. You'll see some things more clearly than you've ever seen before. Let's put it up in the King James Version, if you would. Praise the Lord. King James. King Jimmy. Praise the Lord. Okay. So Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17 in the King James. Let's pray this. Let's look at chapter 1, verses 17 to 23. Sorry, maybe I wasn't that clear. Somebody shout amen. amen. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17 through 23. We'll, we'll get that up there in, in a moment. Let's pray it together like we believe it, like we mean it. Father, we pray the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, give unto us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. The eyes of our understanding being enlightened, that we may know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance. Verse 19. Just keep following right on through. Verse 19 of Ephesians 1. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power? Verse 20, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Verse 21, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. Verse 22, And hath put all things under his feet, and gave him to be the head over all things of the church. Verse 23, Which is his body, the fullness of him. according to your word so be it amen some of you got some hallways to run in tomorrow i mark you mark my words i'm going to go home tonight i'm going to run up and down the hallway before i go to bed hallelujah we got something to shout about we got something to be happy about amen praise the lord well listen folks you are dismissed if you want prayer make your way to the front